What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend, a debrief, and an effort to send biblical truth. And what better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Kayla Pearson, joining me again in the host spotlight. You hear her laughing already. Uh, Rose Locke. Rose, how are you? I'm doing great. Good. Thank you very much for being here. I know for a fact you are already so prepared. Oh. And excited for this podcast. Uh, phenomenal. Uh, joining us again, uh, Pastor of Discipleship, Tim Sanford. Tim, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, too. Good. Yeah, Good. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Rose and I have a genuine <laughs> smile on our face because we have launched into this already. Yeah. I had the privilege of uh, <laughs> privilege. sitting He's here. With such sarcasm. I, I could make like a montage of the first few minutes before we record but that was good, guys. I tell you what, uh, I want to cover some of that again. It was very fruitful, very productive. But Rose, I'm going to come your way first uh, as we were in Acts 9, continuing our series, The Triumph of the Gospel, uh, Tim in the pulpit. What what stood out to you this past weekend? Well, I mean, it's hard to, it, It's hard for me to say because I think, um, I, like I have, I have a ton of questions about mm-hmm. um, how things like that play out in our practical lives and in our practical walk. Yeah, because sure. I have, I have, like many people, I have a great deal of jealousy of people in the Bible. Like mm. we were talking about Moses before the podcast started, and we were talking about Ananias and um, how God comes and like tells them directly, "This is what I want you to do." Mm. And I don't know if my response would be maybe a little sinful, like Ananias is, is not completely trusting the Lord when he tells me to do something, but just the fact that they have this direct from God, this is what you are supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that as a believer, sometimes that's the most difficult thing for me. Am I supposed to talk, speak into the situation or am I supposed to remain quiet? And mm. when am I supposed to obey James and tame my tongue? And when is God providing for me the perfect mm. opportunity to speak? <laughs> and so great. I think I think that, like oh, to yeah. me, that that walking in the application part really stood out to me as I'm as I'm going through and thinking about the series. Yeah. And that's not even what we were talking well, about. Well, no, before but that's I mean, started, and that's you know? also the challenge of, of preaching through a narrative, <laughs> right? Right? Like, yeah. okay, how does this? Where do I take this? Yes, and it's the challenge of there's a clock that's running and. <laughs> And I'm in charge of and, that. And, and I'm in charge of that. Clock. And Rose is the one. Rose is the one you're going to hear it from. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. if I can kind of talk a little bit yeah. about this, yeah. maybe yeah. she'll expand my time. <laughs> <laughs> There's ulterior motives behind all this. Yeah, I love yeah. that. No, that's good. But you know, I appreciate you saying that, Rose, because it's it it is narrative, but it's very informative. It's it's between the Gospels and the Epistles for a reason. We get to to study it, and we don't want to leave with a. Well, that was you know that was a neat FYI right. about the early church, but really right. like okay, it's, we have the same God here, and what does that, what can that actually look like? So, Tim preaching through this, and and finally getting to you know Saul's story. We've been alluding to that to him for a couple weeks now with what happened uh, with Stephen. I mean, what what was that like for you to sort through? And was there anything you felt was on the cutting room floor? If you had more time, or even <laughs> feedback since, what is some of that? Well, been? I mean, to me, what what stands out is the um, reality of it all. You know, when you start thinking about the details, and I think I did this in the first what uh, FSAT, but maybe not in the more I can't remember which one. But like, mm-hmm. just trying to get people to think that, close their eyes, think about what that was like, mm-hmm. get a kind of feel for that. And you did and, it in SAT, and you reminded people to open their eyes eventually. <laughs> 
I heard you tell people in one and two to close your eyes, but I'm not sure I ever heard you tell them they could open oh. them again. <laughs> so there may have been a so, lot of people so blind whoever, the whole oh, rest no. of the whoever, whoever went the longest, reach out. We have yeah. a prize for you. There were some who, yeah. no, I'm not closing my eyes. Some who like, eh, yeah. stop. Some who but just But eventually, were, probably everyone opened I, their yeah. eyes. I love yeah. to say like, just close one. If you, don't. <laughs> <laughs> you don't trust the eyes. But it's a sense of it, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, we read this kind of stuff and we just kind of read through the story. It's just a narrative to us. But when you begin mm -hmm. to think that, okay, here's a guy who's been like experienced something very traumatic. Mm -hmm. It has rocked his worldview. Like we are talking a monumental shift in his thinking from he's a God fearer, but totally wrong in that and believing that Jesus is not the Christ to now understanding that he is. The, like we read that like it's a small move, but it's not. It was a big move and the Lord gives him opportunity. And I think, I mean, I can't prove it, but I think that he spent those three days, he was a thinker. And I think mm -hmm. he mulled that over. And I think his heart was uh, better prepared for when Ananias showed up and mm -hmm. shared with him. It's good. And I appreciate it personally, you clarifying that... Uh, um, he thought he was doing right in the eyes of God yeah. as the villain. Because it, it's easy. I grew up on these stories, and it's easy right. to think, man, Paul was, he must have really hated the Lord, but he had a grave misunderstanding of who God actually yes, was. He and he thought he had righteousness and right. truth but on his side. This, isn't this an example? I, it is one of these kinds of stories are my favorite examples of how much God loves us and God's sovereignty. Mm -hmm. Because if Paul is a man who is truly, truly seeking after God, he wants to do what's right for God. He wants to be zealous for God. God is going to somehow punch through that, right? <laughs> God is going to allow him. God does not hide himself from us. Right. So if yeah. we are truly zealously wanting to do what mm. our God Father wants for us, God mm. will show us. You know, I, yeah. so it's that's one of my favorite. When when I hear people who go from that like mm -hmm. anti strong anti God, but with a mind that wants to seek yeah. the Lord, yeah. mm -hmm. and then they turn their attention to 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 the true God and to Christ. It to me, it's just another evidence that God doesn't hide Himself from us. Yeah, mm. and so you wonder, like, okay, <clears throat> so he was there with Stephen. He heard that message. What else did he? Hear? Here, what was what what was happening in his life that never got recorded for us, so that God was in a sense behind the scenes working so that this moment arrives. And, and talk about building bridges. My favorite thing about the Stephen story is Stephen prays to the Lord, and it is recorded for us right here in Acts. Yes. Stephen Paul yeah. is standing there yeah. persecuting, blessing, as you said, the death of Stephen, and Stephen says. Let not their sin be held against them. <laughs> yeah. So in essence, yeah. Stephen mm. prays for the salvation of the Apostle Paul yeah. in the moment of his yeah. death. And I yeah. just think that is yeah. that shows how we need to see people and see the world yeah. when they are persecuting us and coming against yeah. us. And when they are, exactly what you were saying, when they are... Um, what's the word I'm looking for, when they are against yeah. or pushing yeah. back against the gospel and against yeah. opposition, yeah. Yeah. that prayer, yeah. praying for them and seeing yeah. them with the Lord's eyes, that they are still lovable yeah. and, and are still his children and are still yeah. need to be called to him. I just think it's... Yeah, I, th I think this is also a classic example of that whole thinking determines my attitude, which determines my actions. His thinking was wrong. Look at the actions. I'm ready to kill people over that. Now, that's an extreme, right? Mm -hmm. 
it's when his when he sees the Lord, that's when his thinking begins to realign, right? He finds out, like, who are you? I'm Jesus. Oh, so now mm. I have to shuffle my thinking back around because all of a sudden God has revealed himself in a clearer way to me, and I'm realizing that what I thought before was not right. Um, so you can have what you think to be right thinking and still come down the path to a attitude and actions wrongly, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. and that, but God is gracious, God, to pursue yes. us and go mm -hmm. after that. And, of course, he has his spirit within us to teach us those things, to guide us into all truth, the word of God says. So, right. And he uses confidence. community to do it, right? Yes. He uses yep. Ananias to, mm -hmm. yep. to, to help change Paul's thinking. Now, Paul's confronted, as you said, and sees Christ, yep. right? Which you said yep. you wanted to explore a little more. Um, but Ananias... Yeah. After Paul sees Christ and Paul's sitting there for those three days, kind of thinking about what did this mean? Was this true? Probably Paul's, was this really true? Like, right. like what just happened to me? And then God uses Ananias just to yeah. come in and yeah. how just amazing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's good. So before we recorded, you mentioned talking about this idea of seeing God mm -hmm. and, and you even had a potential question about that. Oh, well, uh, I just, one of many, I guess. I just think... I, I just think how interesting it is that um, that when when God's glory appears mm -hmm. and there's multiple examples of that, it's such a bright, blinding light. Like mm -hmm. when Moses goes on the mountain and comes and can't even the glory of God passes from him, and then the people can't look on his face because of that bright light. Mm -hmm. And here, Paul and this like bright light that blinds him because that glory of God is so overwhelming. I just think mm. that that's kind of interesting that we see that. And um, Mark Carey even talking about, um, at during the Stephen passage, Mark was talking about how um, Stephen was seeing God and how Stephen was like, I, in my mind, Stephen was glowing with the Holy Spirit in right. that moment and how people see the Holy Spirit and they physically, visibly see us differently. So I was just... Mm curious about your thoughts. On well, I mean, things, just Tim. even off of that, it's an interesting thing, you know, so the scripture talks about Moses coming down from the mountain, his face shining like that, and he puts this veil. Well, I reference 2 Corinthians 3.18. So if you look in the context before that and the context after that, it speaks on all of this stuff, right? And it tells us that Moses did that because the glory that was, it was actually reflection is what it was, right? Mm -hmm. The glory of the Lord reflecting, so to speak, off of him because of being in the presence of God. Mm -hmm. He covered that, the scripture says he covered his face because it was a fading glory. And the reason it was fading was because it was linked up at that point in time with the law, right? Mm -hmm. And that was going to come to an end. He was going to bring that to an end. So there was light that was there, but it was, the scripture says in those chapters, chapter three and chapter four, it talks about this and it says the, the one that was fading, it's, it's overshone, so to speak, by mm -hmm. the other, right? So the verse that I mentioned says, but we with unveiled face. Mm -hmm. So Moses puts the veil over because it covers up something that's fading so that people don't gravitate to that and hang on to that, which tons of believers do, yeah, by yeah, the way, yeah. right? But when he's talking about this grace and truth that's come through Jesus Christ, right? Like the message of the gospel to us. Now we have unveiled face. We don't cover that up because... God's wanting to shine that through our mm -hmm. lives. It's the um, Philippians would tell us that we are to be earthen vessels that are fit for the master's use, right? Like, and so we have um, 
there is within this clay vessel the ability for that light to shine through. That's what you're talking yeah. about, right? That glory of the Lord as we grow in that understanding. And it's not so much that we're beaming or, I mean, <laughs> there, but there's, it, it's kind of like, you know, people say, hey, there's something, something different about you. Yeah. Well, what is that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's part of the glory of the Lord being revealed through the life of a believer. And we can't manufacture that. That's can't do. that's that's it's the spirit the of God who does that. Right, exactly. And that's the beautiful I think that's the beautiful thing. And to me that's a freeing thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because I can go to the Lord in the morning um, before I come to work or before I go wherever, whatever task, the grocery store, whatever task I'm about that day, mm -hmm. I can go to the Lord and I can I can submit myself to that Holy Spirit inside me mm -hmm. to allow God's glory to shine through me. That's and it's right. so freeing. I don't have That's to right. do anything. I don't have to manufacture being happy. I don't have to pretend like I'm someone I'm not. I just have to allow it's God's good. Holy yeah. Spirit to shine through yeah. me. So I think, I can't remember if I've <laughs> used this illustration here or not, but um, uh, when the Lord is at the front, he's in the, he's in the center of our vision then everything else stays in its proper context, which would be peripheral, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so beholding, in a sense, that word that's being used there is like having him there. It, like our gaze is upon him. Our heart's attention is upon him, right? We're learning about him. We're spending time in his word. We're hanging out with fellow believers. Like whatever that context is that keeps him in the center, mm -hmm. everything else stays in its, in its right place. It's peripheral. But when I shift out of that mm -hmm. into like maybe it's to you so now all of a sudden i become a man pleaser because i'm concerned about what you think yeah. instead of what god himself thinks but when i care about what he yeah. thinks now he tells me that i should care for you right like right. in yes. honor preferring one another but it's in the context of this right so it keeps you in excuse me in the right place of being in the peripheral because you're not central he is right and that's been all of our lives right mm -hmm. it also helps me not to be looking in the mirror and i'm now central in yes. that right and so there's this beholding of him and the amazing thing about it and this is what i was wanting to talk about is it says that we are being changed from glory to glory by the spirit of god this is a i believe a a huge stumbling block to believers hmm. and you know that we expression yes because okay. and and i think we're going to have to wrestle with that mm -hmm. with that verse then because what what is he talking about and do we really believe what he's saying there because we are so trained by everything our culture our actual teaching at times we're so trained to think that there is something that if i get a hold of that i can make that happen and that's not true. Yeah. It is by the Spirit of God. So I keep him in the in the center, right? And yield then to the Spirit of God who wants to live out that life of Jesus. He's the only one who can do it. And then it is truly authentic. It's not me walking into the doctor's office and, okay, here I go and I really feel sick, but I got to behave like as if I'm a believer. Hello. And I walk in and hi, everybody, right? Like, no, I don't, it's nothing put on. It's just walking mm -hmm. with him and allowing him the privilege of living the life through mine. Mm -hmm. But we wrestle with this, I think, honestly, I think because we don't actually believe that verse. Mm -hmm. There's too many other things that are competing for our uh, belief and we mm -hmm. succumb to them rather than... Can I just, can I say like, I think in the, in the course of what you just said, something popped in my mind and that is the idea of keeping Jesus in the center. 
and fixing our eyes on Jesus, right? right? right. And um, I, this is just again, I, I tend to, I, I tend to think, how does, how do some of these concepts play out in, in like in our day to day life? Yeah. And I, um, I am involved with, um, with a homeschool organization, and it's that time of year where the kids start to get restless, and the teachers start to get restless, and there's sometimes there's interpersonal conflicts, and there's you know, well, that person behaved that way and that person behaved yeah. that way. And I was wrestling with a couple of those conflicts this morning and it dawned on me <laughs> the part of the problem was we're so busy looking at other people's behavior and thinking about how they should reflect Christ. And we've gotten our eyes off of Christ. And so right. let's talk about who Christ was. My, one of my favorite passages, and maybe it's because I need it to teach me, is the Philippians 2 passage that talks about have the same attitude in you as Christ Jesus, who did not consider equality yeah. with God something to be grasped, right? And so right. I got to thinking about that passage and how that is an example of fixing your eyes on Jesus, that's, not that, on right. yourself. That's right. You know? And yeah. I think that's part of what you're talking yes, about. When, exactly. when we walk in a way that our eyes are fixed on Jesus and on the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. and what he can do and all of these other things then really all become peripheral, mm -hmm. even though they seem huge. Yep. To some yep. people in the moment, yep. you know. Yep. So you had said, you know, before of like, <clears throat> there's real life situations. What do I do in yeah. those moments, right? Yeah. Like, so the Word of God says, "In all my ways acknowledge Him, and He's going to direct my path." So I can literally be in a situation where I'm faced with a question: What do I do? Do I say this or not say this? There's an acknowledgement. You know what, Lord? Like, I belong to you. I mean, this is all nanosecond type stuff, yes. right? But I belong to you. Your word tells me that um, there are certain things that should come out of my mouth and certain things mm -hmm. that shouldn't come out of my mouth. So that gives me some guidance on this. I don't know what I'm going to say should be said or not. So what do I do? I acknowledge him and by faith trust him to direct my path. And it may be that in that moment I believe, and I say it this way because it may not be, but I believe that the Spirit of God would want me to say it. So mm -hmm. guess what? I do that by faith because mm -hmm. guess what? By faith... It pleases God. Mm -hmm. Without faith, it's not pleasing yes. to God. Now that doesn't, that's not the, um, oh, well then that's the hocus pocus that makes it all good, <laughs> right? I might find out that that um, came out differently than what I hoped it would come out and right. it's sharper or whatever, right. right? Like it might do damage there and I might learn, oh, and then later the Lord might be, you know what, child, like this went against my word. You thought, just like Paul, you thought God, you were doing yes. the right thing, but you weren't. Okay, Lord, that doesn't mean I'm getting a slap on the hand. Mm -hmm. That just means I'm learning more what it means to walk with him, be directed by him. And it's not robotic to where everything just goes perfectly and it's all wonder. It's a walk of faith. Right. But mm -hmm. I'll also say the nanosecond thing that you just you just brought up. Okay, all of this is happening inside me in a nanosecond. Yeah. But it's happening partly inside you, Tim, in a nanosecond, because you have developed the habits of mind and you have developed the spiritual disciplines that allow you to know that those are the things that should happen inside you. So there is a like over time um, maturing process and a beginning to understand what God's word says and a pouring into us of who God is that allows us to have those habits of mind happen in nanoseconds. Yeah, I would say that probably a little different in the sense of, um, I wouldn't probably say it was it's so much the disciplines as much as it is um, the thinking. Like I come back to that. It's the issue mm -hmm. of... Um, 
the renewing of our minds. It's the uh, whatsoever things are true, lovely, of good report. Those things yes. think on these yes. things. Like, um, because again, the, the transformation that we're talking about is um, by the renewing, that you might be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? Right. And I, the reason I'm a little <laughs> reluctant on that is because I feel like sometimes we can inadvertently, and again, it comes back to this whole issue of beholding, we inadvertently look to the those things yes, yes right. to accomplish yes, what really right. he accomplishes. Yes, right? I understand that. So there's nothing wrong, obviously, with being in the Word. In fact, right. I should be in the Word because that's where my thinking is going to be impacted. But when I think about that as if it is by being in the Word, this accomplishes thus and so. No, that's incorrect. Thing. Right. Then I go, the, yeah, and, and it's just subtle, right? Yes. It's just right, subtle right, right. stuff yeah. that yeah. slips in and we and we begin to, and because I'm a right. teacher, I end up getting right. well, about some of these I words. Mean, sure. This morning we watched a clip in our worship planning time of Alistair Begg talking about the very same, similar, mm, similar yeah. idea when someone comes to you and says, you know, um, uh, basically where do you think you're going to spend eternity and why yeah. you could say well because i believe in jesus christ right. or you can say right. jesus died on the cross for my sins right, right? subtle yeah but could it I, could actually be a huge difference you know what i mean yes. yes there yes. could be a huge difference yes. in mm -hmm. what you're saying in that right. moment and so right. that's kind of your point when the yep. the idea of the nanosecond thing it it it's a biblical discipline is a learned skill, but we're all making nanosecond judgments. We're all we ha we all have some sort of moral compass. Might not be a good one. We have some sort of uh, of inspiration for our decisions, right? I mean, the psychologists agree on how many decisions they think the brain makes in a day. It's a lot. We are yeah. always making yeah. these subtle little judgments, and and I think it just speaks to man how quickly is God coming to mind when that stuff hits? Because it is very hard. When life hits, to immediately be like, "Okay, Lord, let's <laughs> right. let's talk about that." It's right. like, right. no, the instinct, the flesh, yes. you know, the Roman seven of it all. It's like yes. you got to be kidding yes. me, right? Yeah, but that's a learned. Or I've got to go thing. put that person in their place, and, and or yeah. whatever. And it's such a strength to have people in leadership yes. positions or pastoring that identify with that as well, too, yeah. right? That aren't, we're not just spouting off things we know, but there is a like, oh yeah. Yeah. I oh, struggle. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and 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 yeah, you've just, you've been here like a year and a half or something now? No, no. I've only been here like eight months. <laughs> really? Yeah, oh yeah. my goodness. <laughs> Thank you though. That's I, good. I, I, I think that's yeah. a compliment. <laughs> I think so. You've been, you been, <laughs> you, you like been, you've been here for forever. Yeah, yeah, you've been here twenty years, right? Uh, but you've probably seen a lot of humility in these guys that I, I grew up that they're pastoring me and just the way they all communicate, I'm like, man. They're pretty upfront with what they need to work on, or, or what yeah. the Lord, what they're wrestling with at the time. Yeah. And even in my college ministry, it was like you are not going to talk about what you're working on. You better have yeah. it all together yeah. when you walk in there. Like that yeah. was the culture. Well, yeah. I think I think just just it, yes, it's great to have leaders <laughs> who exhibit that for us. But uh -huh. I think like I think we need our peers and our like that's why Tim community groups is uh, is is one of the drums that that you yeah. beat here, hard here. And he's I only think, been here eight months. That's like, crazy. <laughs> like. <laughs> I think I think like uh, having those people that you are walking through life together who have little kids with you mm -hmm. and who understand what it feels like as a mom when your kid is just blatantly yeah. screaming no yes. in your face. <laughs> and then you can go to them and you can be like, My little kid just screamed mm -hmm. no in my face. How do I handle that as yeah. a believer? And how do I how do I disciple that as a mom? And you can look at another mom who's been there with 
and they can they can pour wisdom that they've learned over time. Yeah. And by the way, that wisdom doesn't have to just be well. Here's the Bible verse that you can exegete and learn. You can you can positively disciple somebody and say, oh my goodness, well when that happened to me five years ago, here's how I reacted, and it didn't yeah. it didn't necessarily yeah. work. Like you don't have to know the biblical answer perfectly, right. but we can all enter each other's lives and be like that yep. that exact same thing happened to me four years ago. And I'll be honest, I didn't handle it well. So I don't know what the right thing to do is, but I learned what the wrong. You know, there's so many ways yeah. we can right. encourage one well, another and I in think that the way. Encouragement sometimes. Um, I was on a phone with a friend a little earlier this morning, and I mm -hmm. was encouraging her in that, hey, I know that that person was mean to you, and I know that person doesn't have the right biblical perspective, and I know in your flesh, <laughs> the way you want to interact with that person right now is probably not really God honoring. Mm -hmm. So. I just want to encourage you to do what God's word says and not what your first reaction is. And hmm. not that I had the answer for what she should do. I kind of knew what I, she shouldn't do. But I hmm. I think like being able to encourage each other in that God's way is the right way and and you can do this, mm -hmm. you know. I think that somehow, at least, it helps me. Yeah, as a oh, yeah. Believer, and he's know? such a he's such a gracious God in all of that stuff. And and you know, we're we're talking in the context of like uh, interaction with somebody else. Yes. But um, most times, it seems like it just boils down to interaction between us and the Lord. Yes. Period. So here's the example, right? Like you talk about this humility, bull. <laughs> Sorry, it, just in the sense of so. Yesterday, I'm out with a guy for lunch, uh -huh. and um, this is crazy thinking. Hmm. We're leaving. We're walking down the sidewalk. The sidewalk is going to end. It kind of it's, a, the, but there's a curb running along. The curb's going to go around this tree, and our car is on the other side. And he's already in the road by this point, right? I'm going to either step down with him, or wh what am I going to do, right? So fleetingly through my mind is this, oh, I'm going to walk on this curb, which is what, a four inch curb. And I'm going to walk on this fast. And this guy is going to see now Tim's got some balance. Like he's going to be <laughs> impressed. Just full of myself. Uh -huh. That's all it is, right? Uh -huh. Like, so I go walking into this thing and this is nanosecond stuff, right? I go walking into this thing and uh, sure enough, it is like, oh man. And all of a sudden the branches of the tree just start scuffing my head. Because you were looking down. <laughs> I'm looking down. Of and it's like, it's like the Lord said, so son, you can walk on a, on a little four inch balancing beam, but you Congrats. can't see yeah. a, a, branch. a branch running right in your head. <laughs> and I laughed, I laughed right then and there because it was like, oh Lord, you are so gracious because in the moment you just revealed to me how foolish my pride is, right? Like how stupid I am hmm. to think, he's not even thinking about this, but I'm so full of myself that I think I can impress him and there's a need to be <laughs> impressive and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and you know what? He just, yeah. he just humbles right. our heart, yep. right? Yeah. He just does. he didn't it wasn't like the branch took my you know I can only lose so much here right like but it just it just poked me enough to go oh and wake me you know what lord thank you for bringing me back to right thinking about myself in this mm -hmm. and it's not all about me it's all right let me let me challenge you on this cuz that's <laughs> awesome that's awesome but let me challenge you on this do what do you have, what do you do we have to buy a balance what do you <laughs> let me challenge you to walk across this right now. No, no 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 here's a challenge what do you say to somebody who hears that story and says that's ridiculous. You are spiritualizing something that wasn't that had nothing to do with with God or your spiritual walk. What, what do you say to somebody who says you were just working? It was chance. It was it, you happened to be on a curb. You happened to hit a tree. It had nothing to do with your pride. 
What do you say to somebody that well, says, why I mean, spiritualize that that interaction? Because it doesn't sound it doesn't sound like that's something the I Lord have, would use. But I have an answer to that. Yeah. And that is, sorry, Tim. Do it. Throw you under the bus. Do it. I'm playing devil's advocate. My, I don't believe this answer, in my heart, by the way. My answer <laughs> to that is that this is probably something that Tim struggles with on a regular basis. Oh, definitely and so. so. And so when <laughs> so when the lesson oh, yeah. appeared in front of him, mm-hmm. he had ears to hear it. And the Holy Spirit has been working on him it's in good. this anyway. Yeah. And so yeah. that's, I don't mm-hmm. consider it over-spiritualization personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because it's because Tim has his eyes and ears fixed on Jesus. Mm-hmm. And God is correcting something about his thinking you see, but through I, the Holy but Spirit. But I didn't at that You didn't, I didn't at that right? moment. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But God graciously yeah. showed He did. He did. He's very, yep. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and sometimes he'll use a little bit harder <laughs> branch to get my attention, right? Like he's willing mm-hmm. to do that. But I, I, the way I would look at that is I say, okay, I believe that there was a definite proud way of thinking, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Look what I'm going to do kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So if they're challenging me on that and spiritualizing that, then it's like, okay, so what? You're saying God used this tree to do it? Well, well, maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe he didn't, but I would much rather give glory to God in that moment and realize yeah. you know, what that did is that helped me at least to to realize, you know what, God, look at what's going on here. I wasn't conscious of it. When I'm telling you this story yeah, now, yeah. I'm thinking, how stupid of me. It's almost embarrassing to think yeah. that I would think that way, mm-hmm. but it's not beyond me to think that way. It's just another of the how many different expressions of a proudful heart, Right. So right. n- no doubt about it, Rose, it's a constant struggle of the heart. Right. But I will say, even in like your, here, here's the encouraging part, right? Mm-hmm. And I tried, I try really hard to be the optimist. Sometimes I'm embarrassed that I'm always the optimist because <laughs> I'll say, oh, that was really good. And then five minutes later, someone's like tearing it apart, you know? <laughs> but I will say that even in the telling of the story, Tim, mm-hmm. bring praise and honor to God for that. Because in the telling of the story, you are in a sense humbling yourself lower than most people would because most people would not like that was a very intimate private mm-hmm. personal experience sure. mm-hmm. that most people would not be mm-hmm. willing to share mm-hmm. they might be willing to share if it happened to them seven years ago right. because they would want to prove <laughs> that they had moved beyond right. that right yeah. but you were saying this happened to you yesterday yeah. right which yeah. is the kind of humility that that caleb is talking about that is so helpful to us as I mean, God has placed you in a teaching authoritative position in a sense over mm-hmm. our church and over me. And so as someone who wants to learn from you, I value and appreciate your willingness to share that. So see that as like growth, you know, mm-hmm. be encouraged. Well, in that certainly. Growth, and, you know? and yeah, thank you. And I am, I, I guess I feel like <clears throat> this is where some of the, again, the truths of the word of God come to bear in our lives because in beholding him, which I had gotten my eyes off of, right? But in beholding him, one of the things that's true is he says, this is who you are, son, right? So that the more I get a hold of that truth, the more I'm free to say something like that. And even have everybody about how people are viewing. Well, again, we're talking about like, pleasing man or yeah. Yeah. Like, as a man pleaser, I don't want you to know that. And I am a man pleaser. That's part of pride is what that is, right? So I don't want you to know that. But the more that his grace is shining into our lives and we're we're, um, experiencing that and growing from that, the more we're willing to say, you know what, Lord, I, Paul says, I'm willing to look like a fool. Like, that's okay because... Mm this is who I am in Christ. And, um, that means more to me. So the truth of the matter is, is that, um, 
we look better than we are. <laughs> we at least try <laughs> to look better than we are, right? Hmm. But he knows the heart. And so it wasn't like, again, a cuff upside the head. It was just a gentle reminder, son, you're, you're getting, you're defining yourself by the ability to walk on a four inch piece of <laughs> yeah. concrete. Well, and I appreciate that, that story because it's, it's a, a a little bit of wandering and a little bit of correction. Yeah, you know, in in the yeah. moment, in yeah. that in that. It's in an that, Ananias. I'm willing, it, it, but I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's. I mean, you're saying that's in between lunch yeah. and car. Like yeah, right. the Lord works right. through the in between a lot, he and does. and we don't want to just wait till it's it's a major, you know, yeah. hit in the face, and then we go, how did how did I get here? Like you hear yeah. that a lot. How in the world did it get here? Well, you're you know you're thinking, your attitudes, right, and right. then it's just you're slowly just keep going in that mm-hmm. way. Yeah, yeah. I no, know. it's good. I appreciate that. But wow. we should do a podcast or something, guys. That was great. Yeah. Rose, anything else? Uh, no. Okay. A million that was and good. a half things. Yeah. But time, yeah, I, know. I know time. Who wants who wants to listen to that? <laughs> I mean, I could engage with it all day, but who wants to listen to it yeah. all day? No, that was good. But Rose, thank you for being yeah. here. You're welcome. You're awesome. Tim, appreciate it, man. Yeah, you're yeah, welcome. Totally awesome. As a reminder to our viewers and listeners, you can find us all over the place. Just type in Sermon Spotlight on your favorite podcast platform. We pop right up. The fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love, God bless.